0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who will obey the rules that Corey Hart has laid out, and he will not switch the blade at the guy in shades, Derek
1: Halpin. How do you know I won't? Because you're a good guy. That's kind of a massive assumption. I'm not that good. I can (laughs) be bad. That you know,
0: having to tell me that you're bad leads me to believe I, that you're better than you think you are. <laughs> I'm a loner, Dottie. a rebel. Did uh, did you get the reference on this one?
1: I didn't. What the fuck are you talking about?
0: I'm a. I'm telling you some lyrics from "Sunglasses at Night" by Corey Hart. Hmm. There's a point in that one with uh, with so much conviction. He says, "Don't switch the blade at the guy in shades." Well, oh, here's no. the
1: thing. I I know that song, and I and I I play that song a lot. But I think if you're just saying it without the without the melody, don't I don't know what the, the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. In oh no. Now, if you'd said that, I would have definitely gotten that reference. Well, don't, don't do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't. And you
1: know what else you should
0: do? Hit our goddamn music. Woo!
1: That was an interesting beginning.
0: Yeah, and uh, just so you know, from the other room, my wife just texted me and said I could hear that. She fucking hates anything that people find joy in from the 80s that isn't Black Sabbath. What? Yeah, she doesn't like 80s music. She doesn't seem to like 80s movies. I feel like maybe she's going to come in and argue with me here in a second. Probably not, because she would agree with everything I'm saying. The other day, (laughs) I had sunglasses at night playing in the car. She was mad the whole time. Why doesn't your wife like the 80s? The 80s were great. I think it's just too much for her. I think she... she What does enjoys, that even mean? I, I don't know. I think she doesn't like all the happiness and the brightness.
1: She doesn't like the neon?
0: Before, before we uh, <laughs> just continue on talking about what my wife hates, which is just a plethora of things, uh, we want to tell you about a little contest we're running. Right now, we are running a contest for a pair of tickets. To all in,
1: man, we've been we've been plugging this thing for what like over a month now, and God, we've been we've been plugging it on social media, we've been plugging it on the episode, and you guys have been doing pretty damn good. Uh, we've been getting a bunch of reviews in, so uh, keep it up, guys. Garrett, but not enough that your enter? odds
0: aren't still fantastic to win. No, this I'm thing. sure
1: they I'm sure they still have great odds, but still, you know. Let me
0: uh, let me open this up and tell you. Okay, well, tell them real
1: quick how you how to enter this contest. Well, if you want to enter the contest to. Uh, to get two tickets to all in. It's pretty simple. What you got to do is you got to get on iTunes and you need to leave us a rating and a review. Leave us a review and talk about, you know, maybe your favorite episode, things you like about the show. And as you're writing the review, before you click submit, screenshot it on your phone or on your computer, whatever. We don't care. Take a screenshot of it and then email that screenshot to us at predeterminedpodcast@gmail.com. gmail.com. Use the subject line "I want all in," and uh, let us know your preferred contact info. And then we will be doing the drawing. As of right now, the the plan is to do the drawing on July seventeenth. And uh, as Garrett already stated, you have fantastic chances to uh, to win this contest. Great odds. So we've think... gotten actually in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten uh, quite a few more reviews in though. So uh, your odds are diminishing. <laughs> <Don't>... <laughs> It's a free
0: contest. Enter the goddamn thing. I don't care. (laughs) Well, Actually, what's funny, though, I didn't even consider this. In my head, I was like, everybody has iTunes. Everybody can do this. I've had more people message me to say I have an Android than I have had people (laughs) enter the
1: contest. Is Android the way of the future? The people who have Androids will tell you that. But I think our, our point still stands. One of the things we've been telling people who come to us saying that they have an Android and not an iPhone, we've been telling them, there's no way you don't know somebody who doesn't have an iPhone, because there's a ton of people with iPhones. You can use their phone. Use their phone to submit the rating and the review for our contest. Screenshot it on their phone. Text a screenshot to yourself. Email it to us at predeterminedpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Use the subject line I want all in. Get your entry in. We got less than a month, Garrett. Less than a month, and we'll be drawing a name out of a hat, a predetermined hat. To determine who's going to be going to All In with us. Not with us directly, but they will be going to we'll, the same event we're going to. We'll meet up. We'll come
0: say hi. We're going to be at StarCast. We're going to have a, uh, have a table. We're going to be sitting there podcasting. It's going to be great. But I do want to uh, give a shout out to a couple people that left us nice reviews. Big Dan the Sign Man. He said uh, his son turned him on to the show and gave him a few uh, wrestling podcasts to listen to. He listened to ours, and ours was his favorite. So you know what? I like that there's a father-son duo listening to our
1: podcast. That just really warms my heart. That is exciting. It's also good to hear that we're somebody's favorite wrestling podcast. Isn't that exciting to you? Suck it, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Suck Suck it, it, Bruce Prichard.
0: Yeah, all of them. All of them. And you know what? I hope that uh, this father-son duo. I hope they listen to it while on a fishing trip sometime. I hope that we fill some silence on that fishing
1: trip. Thanks for having us along on, on your bonding experience. Also,
0: thank you to uh, Sparky1010, Big Foss Man, and Johnny Boy from Pro T, uh, the Pro Wrestling T store, and the Real Luke's. Get nice so now you, that you're, you're remember, sitting here. Listen, we're, get, we're getting some reviews, man. Hey, and you know what? Even if you don't want to enter the contest, do us that favor rate, review, subscribe. Love you forever for it. Let's talk about some pro wrestling, Derek.
1: Yeah, let's talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. Like where do you want to start this week's episode? We've There's been a lot going on. Um last week's episode was you and me reviewing a uh, NXT Takeover Chicago and Money in the Bank, which you were actually here for, and now we're back to being in separate locations doing what we do normally. So, uh, I will say, did you go back and rewatch cuz
0: so if anyone listening to this is like, wow, they don't sound like shit always. Well, I haven't been at a wrestling show in a hot ass building for two days. My voice is back. Did you go back and re watch any of the matches from those two days? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. One match I feel like we didn't give enough credit to because we didn't, I feel like it just didn't play as well in the room as it did on television. And that's the Ronda Rousey Nia Jax match.
1: What, because of how fucked up Ronda Ronda got? Absolutely.
0: I feel like from where we were sitting, you couldn't tell how hard of bump she was taking. She was getting tossed all over the goddamn place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that they were kind of using it as a can-you-take-this-kind-of-abuse match. Um, Definitely, I mean, it's not UFC, but it's, I mean, I think pro wrestling bumps are a little bit different, don't you think? For sure. I mean, you know, it...
0: Actually, with that match, I was just like, God, she's hitting her head on the ground a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be
1: a theme later on in this episode.
0: When you were saying, uh, <laughs> when you're saying, is this different than MMA? Well, she was hitting her head on the ground a lot. I don't think that's normally WWE style bumps, but she was getting thrown like just head first into the barricade. They ra- she was getting ragdolled all over. I was actually really impressed with her ability to take a beating.
1: Well, her I would say her background helped her out a lot in that. And I and i mean, not that I'm taking a shot at Nia Jax. Do you, does Nia have the reputation as being like a, a super safe worker? Or do you I think guess that to that me,
0: I don't have really have an opinion on what Nia Jax's workload is. Like, I don't, I feel like I've never really seen her just ragdoll people like that. Or has that been her matches forever? And I've just not been paying attention because this is the biggest match she's ever had.
1: I don't know. You probably haven't been paying attention. I know that if they had put Randy Orton in there against Ronda Rousey, he would have laid it in there to her. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to Randy Orton being mean to people and not giving a shit. He's like, you put her in there. I'm putting her through that table. I'm going to throw
0: her as high as I can. God, I would love to see that. I was thinking, because, you know, you can't really do just every female wrestler in an intergender match. Like, some just it doesn't really work so well. But I was trying to think of like what a dream intergender match would be, and I think Chris Jericho and New Japan versus Ronda Rousey would get really weird. That that's your dream intergender match. Think about that, Chris Jericho, like this weird evil version. <laughs>
1: no, that doesn't do anything for you. Like- I don't know. To me, it's just a weird. It's just a weird. Like I don't know. Maybe I haven't. That that version of Chris Jericho has wrestled two matches. Yeah, and he's going to call a lady fuckface. <laughs> 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 Among other things.
0: Like, he's going to talk about... I mean, at this point, though, Ronda Rousey losing her last couple matches in MMA, is, isn't that what every single wrestler is going to bring up from now on when they have to tell her she's not tough?
1: Yeah, basically, you failed at your last job, you're going to fail at this job. Is that going to be the running theme for a couple of years? I think it's going to have to be, and I do think it's hilarious,
0: though, when... The WWE superstars come out, and I think uh, Alexa Bliss did it last week on Raw, where she came out and was saying, like, this isn't the WWE. God damn it. I have an Amazon Echo in here, and it really makes it hard to talk about uh, Alexa Bliss because she goes off every single time I talk about it or when it's on TV. (laughs) Can we talk about how unique and awesome that is? I can't be the only person that's had this problem. I feel like next to the TV is (laughs) the perfect place to put your Amazon dot. That's actually hilarious. (laughs) And uh, just unfortunately, we watch a show where one of the main characters has the name that you have to say to activate it. So now I have to avoid
1: that. That's hilarious. Well done. I'm glad, this, I'm glad this came up during the podcast. Um, it
0: talked for so long about geography while I was trying to talk just now, <laughs> and I don't know what it thinks it heard. Oh, my God. That's but, good stuff. But what so I was Can saying, I ask a question? Oh, yeah, what the
1: fuck is, What the fuck is Nia Jax? Did you watch Raw this week?
0: Um, I watched Highlights this week. I, didn't, I don't
1: remi- recall what she did. She came out as a baby face again, backing up Natalia. Jesus. Is she just going to be the big show now? I I mean I guess the I guess that's a great way of putting it is this what she was she was the baby face going to, up against Bliss at Mania you know cuz she was getting bullied then she beats Alexa but then like a couple weeks after Mania she's back to being a bully again but without Alexa and Well now, she wasn't really
0: a bully to Rhonda was she
1: she called her out she called her shot on that one She was kind of being a bully Well you can She can't... was being a bitch <laughs> like like, like. <laughs> like she was picking on that local indie worker well she was showing that she can
0: get out of the arm bar
1: yeah but like like a smug asshole hey
0: i think it's fine you know Sh- she, and now
1: now she's now she's wonderful
0: now she's wonderful and i i agree but i think that's because she's she has such a nice smile that if she smiles you're just like oh can't be mad at her. But then if she looks mean, you're like, yeah, she's a pretty big lady. She could throw me around and uh, act mean to me.
1: She has a nice smile and pretty eyes. She really and does. Prob- and she could probably ragdoll me even worse than Rhonda. So. That's the
0: intergender match. My new dream intergender match. <laughs> Derek me- Halpin versus Nia
1: Jax. It's me in a ring calling out Brock Lesnar and making fun of his, his Minnesota accent. And then out comes Nia Jax instead. And just decimates me.
0: Also Nia that- Jax versus Randy Orton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and here, here's the other thing I wanted to bring up, because I, I wanted to make sure I asked what the fuck's going on with, with Nia's heel babyface stuff. But I saw this come up today on social media, and I, I, I think I saw you engaging this. I can't remember who it was between, so forgive me. But... You, there were people saying it was a missed opportunity for the upcoming WWE 2K19 video game to not put a female athlete on the cover of the video game. Hell yeah. Like I, well, here I wanted to bring this up because this is actually the perfect segue for this. I think that's going to happen, but I'm actually kind of glad it's not happening yet. I want it to happen next year for or the, the next whatever that one after this one. For 2K20, because you, they'll totally put Ronda on there. Yeah, but does Ronda
0: deserve to be on there, or does like Charlotte Flair deserve to be on there now?
1: I would argue that they. I mean, but it's all for marketing purposes, so they're definitely gonna. I mean, did Brock deserve to be on there at the when time he was on there? Yes, at the time I believe that game was sold to me because Lesnar was on the cover. But that's what I'm saying is that like I think if you wait another year and let Ronda get a few more matches under her belt get that exposure, I think she could very well end up being the person. I don't think Styles is the wrong choice. No, no, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Styles is easily, like, at least it's
0: not Roman, right? Isn't that what everybody's thinking?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably what everybody's thinking. But
0: I think they, they obviously, they think Roman Reigns is the guy, but they're not putting him on the video game cover because they know that that, he's not.
1: That was the next question I was going to ask is, has he been on one of the covers and I just missed it? No, he has not. So he's not the guy. How can the man who's
0: main evented, like, the last 20 (laughs) WrestleManias not be on the cover?
1: Fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin was on a more recent cover of WWE 2K than Roman Reigns has.
0: And then Seth Rollins got on because he bitched about that. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, remember, he, like, I think he said something on Twitter where he was like, there's a lot of guys on the current roster that would love to be on this cover. Or he said something that ended up (laughs) resulting in him getting the next cover.
1: Really? He bitched about it. Yeah.
0: I mean, and I don't think he's wrong. Like, I know why they're putting Stone Cold on the cover, but you have a lot of talented dudes. Like, obviously, like, AJ Styles, one of the most deserving. Seth Rollins, definitely. Like, not that he just bitched and got on it. Like, deserving guy. Really talented, talented worker. But, you know, I can also see how, why it would be hard for them to not just put the rock on the cover every single time.
1: Right. I guess I guess that's, like, you make a good point about Charlotte being a deserving candidate for that. I mean, like, I'm not going to argue that. I just I mean, think that, like, if they're going to pull the trigger on it, they're going to do, like, somebody who has, like, the mainstream pull on it, right? Well, Charlotte is in ESPN Magazine this month. And she's naked. ESPN's body issue, man. Hey.
0: Seth Rollins isn't afraid to, to hang some brain. We should have thrown him in there, too.
1: Wow. <laughs> I don't think his was intentional, man. Hang some brain. Isn't that what the kids are saying? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not one of the kids anymore, apparently. Oh, good uh, lord. Okay, but yeah, who I mean, would, would who, like, if you p- could
0: pick one female from the roster, who would be on the cover right now?
1: Oh, like, oh, for 2K9, ni- <laughs> I thought we were talking about ESPN's body issue. No! <laughs> <laughs> we're not that kind of show. Well, that's what we were just talking about. Um, I don't know, I think they got it right with Styles. I mean, by all accounts, weren't we, we were just talking about this last week when you were here. Isn't he actually leading merchandise sales right now? I believe so. From so that like, kind of makes sense.
0: I mean, I was just saying, like, out of the ladies, would Charlotte be your go-to other than Ronda?
1: Um, probably, yeah. I mean, you could probably make an argument for a couple of them. Like, I mean, beyond Ronda. I mean, like, Charlotte. I'm sure there'd be people out there screaming, what about Sasha? I'm so. over here
0: screaming, put Candace on there, and there's other
1: people screaming, she's had two matches. <laughs> <laughs> uh... When do you think they'll get around to pushing Candace down there in NXT? Like I, any day now?
0: I think it has to be when the johnny uh,
1: Champa feud is over.
0: Aren't they right now pretending that it's over? Are they? Okay, I was talking to somebody about this today. Uh, hi, John. <laughs> I have to say the name of who <laughs> Somebody. I'm somebody. It was my friend, John. Uh, so do you, he was saying that he would completely put off them meeting up again until like Champa has the belt. And Johnny's chasing him.
1: That makes some sense.
0: See, me personally, I would get as much out of this as possible. I would have them fight in Brooklyn and have, you know, some other crazy stipulation match. Like, somebody had mentioned Hell in a Cell. I think that's a cool idea. But have them go again to where, and maybe, like, have Ciampa win so that he gets a title shot. And then further down the road, Johnny earns a title shot against him so you get him one more time.
1: You could totally do that, but like, there's a couple ways you can go about it. Which is right now, Champa and Alistair Black are teasing a match with each other, and after the, the things that Champa's done to Gargano, it would make so much sense for Champa to have a title shot against Alistair Black, and for Gargano to cost Champa the match, and for that to be how that continues their feud. But you know, you've kind of sold me on it. I like the idea of them holding off and them doing this, you know, part three as you know for for the NXT championship because it is that big I think it's warranted the championship at this point it hasn't needed it but I mean it totally elevates that championship to a whole other level just because of how great the feud has been
0: yeah the as of now they have not needed a belt and I think for the third match you won't need it but if you have a fourth one just to elevate it that little bit more and knowing what had come before and been like you know you saw what happened the first three times. Now picture when there's gold on the line, kind of thing. Uh, I just picture them having just a murder fest. Like, they're just going to kill each other to get there.
1: I guess the question would be, though, if you end up putting the title into their feud, since their feud has been main eventing the, the NXT pay per views without the title, when you put the title into it, who's on the, uh, like, who's like under that? Like, I don't know. Who's carrying it without it?
0: Well, at that point, if if uh, Ciampa ends up getting the belt, does that mean Alistair Black is probably gone? You mean called up? Yes, yeah, he called up at this point because we're hearing rumors that Velveteen Dream is going to get called up, which to me, it, I don't know. I, part of me thinks he could go the way of Tyler Breeze when he gets called yeah. up. But the other part of me thinks they just got a homegrown guy this over. Why would you ruin that? Isn't this, uh, isn't this what they wanted?
1: I can tell you what I think, <laughs> which is that if it was my decision, I would be holding Velveteen Dream down in NXT for as long as I can because I do not trust that guy getting booked properly on the main roster. And I know I'm not the only one who feels this way.
0: I think we're back in a time, though, with NXT where we could leave guys there for a while and just have this be the show. They've got such a crazy good roster right now that, you know, it's kind of like when they left Finn Balor there for a really long time uh, because he was just the face of the show. And
1: right now I could easily see so many of the guys that are on there being the face of the show. You know, I've been a big advocate for that. I've been saying that NXT should probably just be its own brand, and I'm not necessarily nuts about them calling guys up, you know, like in a pattern, like at the same time every year. Like, to me, like, like let some stuff simmer, especially now that they have the North American Championship there and you can actually rotate guys up and down from the NXT Championship to the North American Championship into the tag division and back up again. Like, it shouldn't just be like, oh, there you go. You got your, t- your title reign in. Now you're getting called up to the card or the main roster. Yeah, I think
0: it was you that said this where you wouldn't mind seeing a guy lose a belt and get it back a couple times, not just you have it for this period of time, you lost it, now you're gone.
1: Which brings up a topic that you and I have never really dove into before, considering we talk about everything pro wrestling. Um I'm at a point now, especially like with with WWE television. Um I wouldn't mind seeing not like super fast hot potato with the titles, but I don't know if the current like media market is like conducive to long title reigns. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: We don't have the we don't have that attention span anymore.
1: Yeah, like like four fucking months is an eternity. But the thing is, if
0: you have somebody like AJ Styles and they are just went in for a year, I feel like that's a lot easier to handle because he's there every fucking day. Uh, but when you have your other belt just stuck in limbo. Then you have two guys that are just holding on to these titles. I think if you're playing Hot Potato with one of them, that's fine. I think if you were doing it with both of them, it could get messy. I don't know. What do you...
1: I, I guess my rebuttal to that, and and I would be interested to hear from our listeners on this, and by, by no means am I planting a flag on the ground and saying, no, I'm absolutely certain this is what they need to do. I guess my opinion is just... There's something about the, the way the speed of the media moves now with Twitter and with YouTube and with people catching up on highlights. I'm not saying that you need to tune in every week and there needs to be a new champion, but th- we've talked about how strong their roster is before. And I think there's a potential for a bunch of different stars on that show. And I don't think you should like, I don't want to look back on this period and be like, oh, yeah, there were basically like three champions. It was it was Lesnar, it was Reigns, and it was Styles. Like they they have so much more talent just beyond that, and that's not a knock on those three guys. I think like isn't it kind of criminal that they did make the jump and say okay we're going with Finn Balor as our first ever Universal Championship, and he got injured, and he didn't get injured by an accident from like something that he did, or like something like it, it was another wrestler accidentally hurting him, and they didn't really reward him for coming back? Like, I mean, it's been coming up on a year, right? Over a year since he's been back? Well, basically he lost his
0: title and he lost his gimmick.
1: And kind of lost his spot. Like, what was it that they saw? What What was it that Vince saw in Finn Balor at that SummerSlam that he decided to put him over Rollins and make him the first Universal Champion that when he came back was like, ah, oh, that, that doesn't work for me now. Well, do you think that he
0: kind of had that mentality of Okay, we'll do this as an experiment and see how it works. And then he did it, and he's like, see what happens when I put your indie fucks
1: with a well, belt? But that's what I'm meaning, is that a fucking another indie fuck was the guy who hurt him. <laughs> and it's somebody that everyone raves about, which is Rollins. I mean, this isn't me taking a dig at Rollins. I, I, maybe we've talked about this before. I just, I think it's odd. I think you have a potential where, like, every couple months... They could swap that belt. I don't even really want to talk about fucking title prestige. To me, that's almost like tongue-in-cheek bullshit that like, like fans talk about, but I don't know if it's necessarily true. So you believe that
0: the man makes the title, the title doesn't make the man?
1: I think it, de- I think it changes. I think it depends on who it is. I don't think I don't think there's a one size fits all policy on that. I think typically you like it when the man makes the title, but I think like you have a roster right now that everyone's like, yeah, there's a lot of fucking talent on that roster right now. I could feasibly see each show having you know four or five guys be the champion, and they're not really doing that, especially on Raw because it's been held down by a part timer who everyone kind of quietly knows doesn't give a shit for a long time. We don't have to go down the Brock Lesnar path for that discussion right now. But don't you think that raw has like five guys that could be universal champion right now? Oh, easily, easily. Like (laughs) you could, I mean, what do we have?
0: Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice try. No, I mean, what, what Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, um, fuck I'm probably blanking on some other ones I'm sure Dean can probably be thrown in there at some point if he comes back I guess the point I'm making just sorry
0: just uh I had just mentioned John I just got a text (laughs) while we're recording that says Hardy versus Nakamura got canceled because last night in Bakersfield, Shinsuke Nakamura got bit by a police dog.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I noted that before the episode. I was going to break that out during the episode. Th- so thanks, John. You stole my scoop. He scooped your heat. God damn it, John. Thanks Sorry. For listening. Continue. That's fucking weird, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, I guess uh, Nakamura got bit by a police dog, and he will not be fighting for the U.S. title. We are recording this before SmackDown right now, in case anyone's wondering. They probably don't give a shit. He but
0: tried to low blow that dog. Dog caught him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dog was not neutered. <laughs> um, But I think even going back to when we were talking about the build to Money in the Bank, there were several guys in that match that you could argue should have had either a main event run, Or a run with the title, and I and I your boy Miz was one of them. You could make the argument that you know he has made the most of his opportunities the last couple years. He's made himself into a top guy again with his promos, with his in ring work improving drastically the last couple years, in my opinion. And I don't think it would have been wild to see him. I don't think it would have been too out of the question to see him get a run with a top belt. See, I'm on either show.
0: I really thought that we could end up there, but now I'm kind of worried that they're just like, well, he's a top guy now. He doesn't need a belt. But I think he's the best when he has something to brag about.
1: I I completely agree. Isn't that the way it works with heels? Most of the time. I mean, not every time. (laughs) I mean, like, obviously right now, (laughs) it depends how good the heel is.
0: I mean, uh, Champa doesn't need anything. (laughs)
1: <laughs> to be able and to, yet, just come and yet off as he a prick. may be going for something here, so which I don't know, man. Do I you just, see
0: I, him as the guy to take that from Alistair Black? Because uh, you could say the same thing about what's happening in, on the Raw roster with the NXT roster because they just keep bringing on these new guys, and the majority of the people watching have an idea of these people's past. So you see somebody like Ricochet come on, and I feel like a lot of people immediately want to be like, Well, he should be in the title picture because he's yeah. fucking Ricochet. But he gets there and we have to watch him go through a series of months to get there. They to break that point. him back down. Yeah, because they, they treat it like what you, you don't have know done who in your is. past has yeah. nothing like this is nothing compared to that.
1: Yeah. Or and and is, I get or that's
0: and, nothing compared to this. I mean.
1: Well, yeah, they treat, it, they treat it like the way you would see a minor league call-up in professional sport. Like, the guy was raking down in the minor leagues, but now that he's called up to the big leagues, now he's got to adjust, and they're going to adjust back to him, and he's not the top dog. He's a, he's a small fish in a big pond, or whatever they say. But, um, I, you know, I think and what's weird is that since this is pro wrestling, they don't have to pretend to do that. And they didn't do it with Balor. And they didn't do it with Owens. When those guys came up from NXT, they were beating top guys on day one. And it's weird. It almost sucks the life out of their character. Isn't Ember Moon kind of going through that right now too? Where she came up and she was the hot new female call-up. And then like her call-up has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle with the Ronda Rousey stuff. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of those call-ups that... I don't know. There's so many of them that it seems like they had so much momentum... And they assume that people aren't watching NXT that are watching Raw. But the crowd that's there paying to see that show knows who those people are. And I think... Oh, go ahead. Doesn't that just mean that they know who they are? I I think so. (laughs) But I think they've got this idea that there's the people who are just going to watch on TV who are the casual fans. But that, I don't know. But then you've got the people who are paying to go to it that are the, the more hardcore fans.
1: I, I just think if, if the argument was made to me that the audience or the kids or just whatever, the viewers in general, that they don't know who the people in NXT are, I would say that's bullshit. I think that if Velveteen Dream debuted on Raw next week, the fans would react huge because they know who the fuck it is.
0: And the thing is, if, you, if the people at home watching hear how big the people on TV
1: reacted to that person, they're going to know something's up. Well, that was one of the reasons Styles got such a big push immediately when he made his WWE debut is because they were wondering, is the WWE crowd going to even know who the hell this is? And he got a huge pop. I mean, At- it's, go, it's the same old fucking argument that we have on here anytime we talk about WWE or Vince, which is that this is out of touch. I think, I think there's, they think things that are just not true and they base entire strategies around things that are not true. Well, would you, I don't know, do you think it's a good idea to, I mean,
0: obviously with everyone, you're not going to throw him on there and just immediately push him up because there's people like No Way Jose, he's a good wrestler, but that gimmick is never getting to the main event.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think he's holding down his spot on that roster. I think he's it, doing what he's there to do. He's getting paid. He's showing up. He's having fun. Short and kids t- at t- house shows are going to love him. Right. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, you're not going to get paid the big main event money. Not every guy gets to be the big main event guy. And that's okay, as long as you're happy, man.
0: <laughs> it's like you're talking No Way Jose off a
1: ledge. Like, hang in there, bud. You're going to be all right. Well, I just remember I got ups- I got so upset, you know, a little over, like, I got upset, like, you know, 11, 11 12 years ago, I was a big fan of Carlito Caribbean Cool. <laughs> I knew that's who you were going to bring <laughs> And I really thought he was, he was, he got himself over. He was original. He was different, and I thought he was worthy of a main event run. And it just never happened. And there's just certain guys that just aren't going to get that shot. So going back to my argument about the fucking roster and the main championship, I don't think this is that. I think there's legitimately on each brand, there's multiple guys that you could see rotating through that that main event spot. Like, I don't say it has to be like. I'm not going to say it has to be like the Attitude Era. I don't think you need to tune in to Raw every week because the belt might change hands this week, but it would certainly help with creating the environment of it being must-see television again if you don't know when a title change is going to come. You don't know when you're going to tune in and get Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles or or Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns or whatever for a championship. I, th- I think there's this business model of we need to save it for the pay-per-view. Like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with occasionally giving something really nice and juicy away for free on TV. Because guess what? It makes people want to tune in the next week. Well, especially with, remember uh, the time they were just playing hot
0: potato with the women's tag belt and it was going back and forth between uh, Charlotte and Sasha? Yeah. We got to see an awesome moment on television, which was Sasha Banks giving Charlotte the bank statement on the rail in the middle of the crowd. Yeah. That was awesome. That was a great moment that ended raw and it felt like an actual main event rather than just, you know, it wasn't a multi-person match
1: or I don't know, man. I would love to hear from fans about how they feel about hot potatoing the title a little bit more, not every week, but especially when you've had raw be a three hour fucking program and you've had their main championship, not there for over a year. like, I understand that the Intercontinental Championship is, quote unquote, more prestigious because of it. But fucking come on, man. It's still, the sec- it's still a secondary title. It's not the world title. The world title should be there a little bit more often.
0: Well, when you have this many top guys that are obviously can't all be the top guy, because there are just too many people. There's not enough spots uh, for all these guys. If you could grab somebody from that roster, from the WWE roster, and throw them into Ring of Honor. To be ring of like one of Ring of Honor's top guys now. Who who would you do that to?
1: If I could grab any guy off of their roster and get the, like essentially save them <laughs> from WWE,
0: or or a lady, because honestly the ladies' division on Ring of Honor could use any of them. Like you know you were saying that Sasha Banks has been saying on, on Twitter basically asking to go back to NXT. <laughs> has she? Was that you that said that to me? I don't think so. That might have been John again.
1: John's getting John's, a lot of shout outs on this. John's one. speaking of takeover. John's taking over this episode. <laughs> um, no, I didn't know anything about that. I, I knew I knew that Cena had been advocating to go back, like to do something down in NXT. Um, but I didn't. what know do you think his Banks? reaction
0: would be down in NXT when he came out? Do you think he'd get booed or do you think the crowd would just be so excited to see him at full sale?
1: I think a little bit of both, and I think I want to see it really bad. What do you think? Like,
0: he goes down and, like, puts over Velveteen Dream or something since he was already saying he loves Velveteen Dream?
1: I don't know. I liked our storyline of him just going down there to get wins because he hit. it's been too, too long since he's had a victory. <laughs> and he just feels like he can go down there and squash like EC3 and shit like that. Well, I th- you know what? Don't do that. Have him go
0: down take down the tag team division. Just a bunch of handicap matches where he takes down like <laughs> Otis
1: and Jizz and then he takes down War Machine. And- I don't know. I know I want to see it. I think that'd be something different. Anytime you get to do something a little bit different, that'd be cool. So, but going back to ring of honor, you can grab one guy,
0: throw him in ring of honor.
1: Um, I would like to see Daniel Bryan get back out there on the indie scene. I think everybody would be in favor of that. I'd like to see Finn Balor maybe get better utilized in like an environment where guys, his size are a little bit more prevalent.
0: You might be surprised with my answer.
1: Who's your answer?
0: Dean Ambrose. Really? In my head right now, I don't have a place for him in WWE. But I could see him as being a guy that goes on and takes on this heel version of the Bullet Club. Like, because he's fucking crazy? Because he's crazy. And he would get to, like, wrestle those, you know, harder-hitting matches that he seems to enjoy.
1: Right. I think he would would miss it a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe when he comes back, I keep theorizing, you know, I'm sure he'll come back and have some sort of interaction with Rollins, but I could also see him winding up on SmackDown really soon. I just don't uh,
0: even know what you throw him into the middle
1: of uh, intercontinental title scene. Presumably at this point, if you throw him into the middle of the intercontinental championship scene, you have moved the title off of Lesnar. And now there's a couple guys that are actually full-time wrestlers working that scene. So there may be a spot that opens up for him that way. Yeah, man. We, we we have some other stuff we got to talk about, man. We've been talking about this NXT WWE roster stuff for a while. We had a listener of ours suggest uh, some matches to us. <laughs> Garrett, you watched a fuckload of wrestling recently. Yeah, I I should have watched more.
0: But let me uh, <laughs> let me let me pull up Andrew. He had a, he asked if we would watch the uh, Misawa versus Kawada series from All Japan in the nineties. And I'll go ahead and tell you I didn't know anything about this going in, which now surprises me because as I was reading about it, which I read everything after, I watched these four matches having read nothing. I just went straight in. Because I just wanted to be able to give my thoughts, not knowing anything going on with the story, just only the wrestling. So the ones we watched were from six three ninety-four, seven twenty-four ninety-five Six six ninety seven and uh, one twenty
1: two ninety nine. Kind of probably lost in the shuffle with a lot of today's wrestling fans too. I don't think this is getting brought up a lot, but it's also, I guess, considered one of the most iconic pro wrestling rivalries. Of yeah. Time.
0: So that's what I'm reading. Like after I had watched these and started reading it, reading about it, I saw that uh, their match from June third, nineteen ninety four, was the only other match that. Dave Meltzer had given six stars to and so not knowing anything I start with the first match Masawa versus Kawada when this I hope I'm saying both names correctly uh always worried about that always worried that's about how I like would have said dumb.
1: them so I'm I'm right there with you that's exactly how I would have said them too so
0: okay so when this comes on immediately uh it's the 90s and they are 90s in hard in this episode like when you look at that crowd even in japan you're like this is the 90s this looks like it was shot on the same cameras they shot double dare on (laughs) 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 oh that's a good quote for the for the bank and like when i look at these two wrestlers so just describing them visually kawada looks like a pro wrestler looks like a mean son of a bitch with a with a goatee Alright, other guy, Misawa. As I look at this man, I don't necessarily get pro wrestler out of him. What I get, <laughs> what I get is, picture if a man was like, you know, somebody came over and's like, hey, I'll grant you a wish, but all you have to do is a would you rather. And he's like, well, I do want my family to be wealthy and happy. I take that would you rather. And the would you rather ended up being, would you like, (laughs) would you rather have to fight a match a year against this man where you have to put everything on the line? Like you have to give every last bit of energy you have or stick a needle in your own urethra. And he's like, I'm going to fight those matches, my friend. And I don't think he knew what he was getting into. Not much better than the needle in the pee hole. Jesus. These matches. Okay, just to go, like, real quickly through them, and then we'll move back a little bit. The first one, very much a Japanese-style match. Uh, Started out slow, got more hard-hitting. I was into it, but, like, wasn't super in love with it yet. By the second one, I was getting a little more invested. By the third match, they were like, fuck it. No grappling. I'm gonna break this fucker's arm, and they just start killing each other right at the top. And that match, just the third match, they're just murdering each other. And by and by that one as well. uh, Let me see. um, Kasawa is missing his fucking teeth. I think that's part of the fun in watching this series of matches the way we did. Is we're watching these guys gradually get older. They're aging in pro wrestling years, which is. uh, I mean, they look okay, other than you know missing missing some teeth and uh by that fourth one goddamn, the end i guess to that match that i looked it up you can get a 14 disc set of these dudes matches <laughs> it can just be its own network it's 14 discs that span 17 years of these guys career
1: and 38 matches 38 matches, and they're just stiff as hell with each other. Like, this is the big... Be- I don't know. Like you said, Double Dare camera, you're watching, like, the <laughs> beginning... <laughs> you're watching the beginning of just stiff-ass fucking forearm shots to the face, bleeding out of the ear. And that guys is just a dropped. few
0: minutes into the first match. Right. Mad but guys are getting one, dropped the on their heads.
1: Match. Back of their heads. Back of their necks. Like, it's it's fucking brutal. Like, it's not pretty. And it's just oh
0: my god! Uh, so uh, Kawada does this thing where he'll push your head down and just give you like thirteen really fast little kicks to the face, and it is the cutest, most devastating move I've ever seen.
1: What? Because it's so rapid fire, but
0: it's still a guy getting kicked in the it's face. It's just like boom, 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 but he's moving his legs so little, so quickly. Like it's just like these little like it's almost like a cat kicking with his back legs. <laughs> But everything looks like the most devastating move you've ever seen. And from what I was reading is you get closer to that 97 time, like that 97 match that, w- that I watched. Uh, that's around the time, I guess, that it was really big in that company to just be dumping motherfuckers on their head. Like straight down? Just straight down. Like every bump is just, they're like, if you can get this as close to breaking his neck as possible without doing it, we're going to call that an A+. Looks great on TV. Oh, my God. And even by that third one, there's a moment when he whips. Um, fuck, I don't even remember who whipped who into it. I want to say it was uh, Kawada whipped uh, Masawa into it. But it was like he just ran as fast as he could straight into a goddamn brick wall. The way, like, <laughs> like, these guys truly gave their all
1: in these matches. When did All Japan close down? Is it closed down? I mean, I I assume since you don't hear about it, maybe I'm wrong, or if it hasn't closed down, it's at least not getting spoken of. I'm, I'm embarrassed, and I'm not going to cut this out. I don't
0: know a shit ton about All Japan.
1: Well, clearly. Well, I mean, but this was sent in to us by a listener, and, like, we just wanted to go out of our way to let you guys know. You send us some crazy shit, stuff that we need to watch in the world of pro wrestling. We will watch it. Oh, man, and just so you know... I watched the first and last match twice
0: (laughs) because holy shit, because by the end of it, I realized like, holy shit, I really, really love these four matches. So I went back to rewatch the first one just because, you know, that's the one that got six stars, but the matches also got more hard hitting as they went. So I feel like those ones got me more excited and I knew the characters a little bit better. So I needed to check that out again. And I, I can't recommend these four matches enough. I mean, like I said, I think the the third one that I watched, which... Do I need to read what the dates were on those again, just so if people want to go check those ones out?
1: Um, Why don't you go ahead? But I, I just... I think people were, are going to find a lot of these matches on YouTube if you just type in, you know, Kawada and Masawa. Yeah, definitely
0: go out of your way to look these up. It's not like when we were watching the the punk matches that went two fucking hours. These are, you know, pretty normal length matches. The first one's probably the longest at what, just under 40 minutes and then the others go between like 25 and 35 minutes each, but they're absolutely worth your time. And did you notice how loud the crowd was during these?
1: Yeah, the, and and <laughs> <laughs> the crowd being loud was exciting. I think it's hard for me to listen to like Japanese commentary when I don't know what they're saying, but they're yelling like like they're it's like they're climaxing when these matches are going on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I knew what they were saying. Oh, there's one of their names that just went by. But uh oh, and I've
0: i fucked my neck up. Uh So I've been taking muscle relaxers. And just so you know, when you're a little high watching this. Uh it is and they're just screaming in Japanese and these two motherfuckers are just giving each other stiff elbows to the face, just a stiff kick to the face. They're screaming in Japanese. I'm stoned. It is insane. So get in the right
1: mindset, watch these matches. Have a great fucking evening. It's a little bit like some homework. Like you're going back in time, you know, a couple decades to watch some pro wrestling. And I don't I don't I'm not going to I don't know nearly enough about, you know, japanese wrestling i don't know where the strong style originated but there's there's a hard line of it going straight through this fucking feud um so yeah what i was reading is these two started out as a tag team
0: and then it became where they were fighting each other and it got to the point where these they said that these were two of the four pillars of all japan wrestling so these were like you know two of the biggest guys going at it and they're doing it to the best of their abilities. And from what I was reading, a lot of this was ahead of its time. Because I was, you know, when you get told to watch something, you know, from the 80s or 90s, you're worried that it's going to feel dated. And this right. style of match did not feel dated to me. This felt, you know, just like watching a Suzuki match or an Ishii match. Just a really, just two hard hitting motherfuckers, even though one of them looks like he lost a bet and has to do this. It's <laughs> a would you rather. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I just think, I think being stiff that doesn't that doesn't age, <laughs> like when it looks like a shoot fight at different parts. I think Pete that I think that works every time. Well, so. tell
0: him how the fourth fucking match ends, which I guess was kind of the end of. Uh, I believe they said Big uh, Giant Baba was the Booker at the time, and he had booked this whole feud, and that in 1999 this was like the end of him being the Booker there, and this was like his grand finale to this story and being the booker at all Japan.
1: I think, I mean, I know that it's Kawada basically (laughs) dumping the Sawa straight down on top of his head. Like he looked like he was picking him up to do something else. And then like, it was like (laughs) either he said, fuck it. This is what I'm doing. And changes his like plan. I mean, I don't know. Like he just it's, I, It looked like a botched power bomb. that the, the guy giving it said, fuck it, I'm dropping him on top of his head.
0: Which that move does have a name. Really? Yeah, that's, that's his move. That's a fucking move he does. And what that move is called should just be, let's take away the smoke and mirrors of this magic trick and just dump this fucker on his head because it's going to hurt you too.
1: Well, right, but then he follows it up with a brain buster to just kind of accentuate that, and then he pins him. It's like, just in case you're wondering, I'm working the neck. (laughs) I'm working the top of the fucking cranium. (laughs) That's what I'm working. I'm trying to
0: murder this man. I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to give people the heads up of the way it looked, because I have a feeling that a lot of people were going to be like, ah, this is going to feel dated. But like you said, a shoot punch to the face is never going to be dated. (laughs) Now, you, will get, you will have Double Dare cam. Yeah, you get that Double Don't. Dare nostalgia of like, God, this is what TV used to look like. Ah, uh, yes. But fucking fight through it. It's on YouTube. It's free for you. For real. Masawa versus Kawada. Look up the, mat- the four matches we said. I'll post those specific four that Andrew told us to watch so that you can do the same. We'll put it on our Twitter and our Facebook. Cannot recommend those enough. Andrew, thank you very much for shooting those at us. If anybody else has any match recommendations, for the love of God, Throw them at me, like Derek said. Doesn't matter how weird it is. Doesn't matter how old it is. We will watch what you want us to watch.
1: Um, I guess, I, I mean, we could talk about the UK tournament a little bit, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, real
0: quick, though. Could we bring up one more thing? Uh, one other thing. Uh, Vader. So between now, went our last episode and now, Vader passed away.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. Um... Big Van Vader passing away like really affected the pro wrestling community a lot. A lot of people were very, very
0: sad about that. And I think even non pro wrestling fans, because, you know, there's still that demographic that you know, saw him on Boy Meets World as Frankie's dad.
1: You know, everyone kept bringing up his spot on Boy Meets World. I didn't feel like nearly enough people were bringing up his spot on Baywatch. Please tell me I don't remember this. Are you out of your fucking mind? Who is he on with? There was a series, I think it was more than one, there was a series of Baywatch episodes where it was Macho Man and Randy Savage had, like, they were supposed to open up a a beach gym there. Wait, Vader and And, Randy Savage has a beach gym in this? No, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. Okay. Sorry. Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage open up a beach gym, and then Flair, Vader, and maybe Kevin Sullivan? (laughs) show up and there's a wrestling match of between like like I don't know like it, it, fucking the people listening will know what I'm talking about it's but season yeah.
0: 6 episode 15 bash at the beach I
1: think that's what it was called No it is I'm looking at it right now Oh you didn't <laughs> fucking believe me I've got it pulled up Yeah no this is some legit shit
0: um oh, I, I actually, just watched a gif of Vader crushing a basketball in his bare yeah. hands
1: while wearing his mask That's this is a real thing um so Homework for you. Go watch this episode of Baywatch. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm all in on that. <laughs>
0: but no, I uh, but, just because I, I missed Vader. And uh, before this, I was like, you know what? I could use a little Vader to, to cleanse my palate after watching these uh, two Japanese men just destroy each other. So instead, I watched him and Cactus Jack destroy each other at uh, Halloween Havoc 1993.
1: Yeah, I, I will be the first to admit I really don't have a ton of history with Vader. Um, I don't re- remember watching a ton of his matches. Um, I know that he's widely regarded as one of the best big men of all time, if not the best. Um, watching a dude that size do backflips off the top rope
0: is, it's disturbing. It's kind of, it actually made me think like, okay, I bet Keith Lee was a big Vader fan. <laughs>
1: No, I just I think there's a lot of people who were sad by him. I knew he had cancer for a while. Um, widely regarded as a great guy, uh, transcended. Oh, he was he was uh, he was just in a lot of television shows. I mean, it wasn't just wrestling; like he appeared in other things. So, yeah, mainstream as hell, and sad that he's gone. And I think even
0: if somebody, if they said they didn't know who Vader was, I think if they saw a picture of him in the red mask, they'd be like, oh, okay. I know, oh, yeah, I know, I know who that guy. guy is. Yeah, But I absolutely. always heard these stories about him being one of the most sensitive wrestlers, that it was really easy to make him cry. Did you ever hear yeah. that?
1: Yeah, I did. I heard that Shawn Michaels was an asshole to him. Is he the one that made Vader
0: cry? I, I don't remember who the story was.
1: Yeah, I guess they were working a program together that was supposed to last a while, and I guess that... Shawn Michaels went off on him for being a little bit too stiff and f- nixed the feud and called Vader like a fat piece of shit or something, and it really upset him. That's Shawn Michaels, his reputation for being a dick is, is pretty w- well known, so I don't think anybody was, is surprised by this story. It's just funny that a guy who is known for being such a stiff
0: wrestler, like especially in this Halloween Havoc, you see them him and Cactus Jack just slamming each other on this entrance ramp. And it's just such a hard thud every single time. And it's a, a Texas death match. And they're just both covered in blood by the end and just hitting so God, you're watching Vader take head shots with a chair. <laughs> that, see, now that's never going to, I mean, it's out of style, but it's never going to not be shocking. Like there's going to be a point in, uh, you know, like 2030 when the wrestlers are just doing a thousand flips in a row. And people are like, I don't want to watch Attitude Era. That's going to feel old. It's like, well, watch this old man get hit in the face with a steel chair and tell me if that feels dated. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with those stiff forearm shots to the face, man. They just, they aren't going to go out of style. Nope. But uh, during, this did make me realize this. I don't know. Um, I, Jesse the Body Ventura was on commentary with Tony Schiavone for that one. And... I feel like if I were inebriated, I could really enjoy some Jesse Ventura commentary because JBL was always my go-to commentator if I were, you know, inebriated to be like, oh, that's everything he's saying is hilarious to me right
1: now. Well, you have the WWE Network, so you can do that anytime you want, man. Just
0: hearing at one point, Jesse the Body Ventura starts counting with the ref after the ref has already counted. (laughs) So, like, the ref has already counted one, and then Jesse Ventura goes, one, two, and he kicks out at two, and the ref's like, that was three. (laughs) He's like, oh, I guess I missed one. Yes, you did, sir. And then at a certain (laughs) point, they're in a corner just beating the shit out of each other. They're both bleeding, and I guess he gets blood all over. He's like, we're getting sprayed with blood right now. I look like a doctor. (laughs) He very calmly takes getting covered in Leon White's blood. Well,
1: you took getting Nick Gage's blog on you pretty nice. (laughs)
0: Speaking of hard fucking hitters, did you see the second match announced for Joey Janela's Lost in New York?
1: Of course I did.
0: Dude, I didn't tell you this yet. I got second row tickets.
1: (laughs) I've I've been paying attention to social media, man.
0: So Queen of the Ring and I will be sitting second row to see Nick Gage take on Meng. Do you know how scary that is, Derek?
1: Yeah, because I was at a GCW show before where Nick Gage was doing all sorts of scary shit. And, do you I don't know. Ming's getting up there. He's 59. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but if you look up anything about him, all you hear are the terrifying stories. Even Vader said this was the stiffest wrestler he had ever worked with. And there's like, I mean, some of these, I don't even know if they're urban legends or truth. But you hear multiple wrestlers tell stories. Uh, one, he gouged a guy's eye out that made fun of his hair. It that said, seems about right. Said that wrestler had a glass eye the rest of his life and quit wrestling immediately, as you should. Uh, and also, they it's, said it's, it's, there was a story while where they were in a. Uh, you should. I think they said Boston. They said they were in an airport bar. The baby faces were on one side of the bar, so Ming sat on the other side, and some guy's like, oh, you do that fake stuff, right? And he said, come over here. I'll show you how fake it is. Bit the fucking guy's nose off. Like goddamn Oswald Cobblepot in Batman Returns.
1: (laughs) That's a great reference. You're going to be second row for that shit. Ming versus Nick Gage. And then the other match announced... We have
0: PCO versus Matt Riddle. What, Joey Janela, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know what you signed up for. I'm excited. I'm excited because last time, you know, I had to uh, sit in a building for 15 hours to get to Joey Janela's spring break. This time, I'm just flying on an airplane to New York and then going to go to Queens.
1: To hang out with Queen.
0: To hang out with the Queen of the Ring. That makes sense. You know what? That's just good sense right there. That's good booking. (laughs)
1: Uh, you want to talk about Zach Gibson winning the UK tournament and getting to face Pete Dunn?
0: Yeah, that actually—I uh, didn't get to watch the the match with Pete Dunn just yet. I do know how it ends, but I'll be honest—I thought Travis Banks was going over. For real? I did. I'm a, well. I'm a Travis Banks fan. I do enjoy him, so I guess maybe I was hoping he would go over.
1: You know, when they started the tournament, I was actually thinking that the way they had it booked, I really thought that uh, Jordan Devlin would get his redemption. But that ended up not being the case.
0: Yeah, there were a few guys there that, um, like, it was pretty cool to see on WWE television. Just, you know, like Flash, Morgan, Webster. Uh, I I wish they would have gotten Walter in that tournament, but I think this is not... No, they did have a couple big men in there.
1: They had Joe Coffey and Dave Mastiff. Oh, my God.
0: I would have killed to see Walter in that. (laughs) His time will come. He was busy taking on Adam Cole over at Evolve.
1: Were you surprised that they didn't put Zach Gibson over Pete Dunn, or did you that we kind of expected?
0: That did surprise me, because to me it was like they've had this whole tournament to build up to a guy who could finally beat Pete Dunn. But that is not true. It was a tournament to decide a number one contender to get their ass kicked by Pete Dunn.
1: I guess it is them doubling down on Pete Dunn, which I don't mind because he's been great. Oh, he's awesome.
0: I like that they've just chosen a guy and just ran with it. Where he's not always on TV, but at this point are we to believe that there's going to be more UK people on NXT,
1: I would think so. Do you think there's a point where NXT
0: expands beyond the one hour? Ooh, I guess it would depend if you know if Fox decided to actually pick it up and put it on FS1, maybe. Oh, did you see the other big news
1: from today? I guess Raw signed an extension with USA Network for twenty billion dollars. Yeah, probably. Uh, I know it's for five years and all the syrup in Canada. <laughs> shit man five more years of that (laughs) (laughs) oh they did refer I did see it get referenced that they called Smackdown live the flagship show that's just what they're telling Fox Fox doesn't know shit well this was this was on WWE's feed oh I saw what they're saying but and it was right after the the Raw announcement so interesting choice they're putting on quite the show
0: yeah, and then, oh, oh we didn't mention uh, Undisputed doesn't have the belts anymore over there.
1: Yeah, just, just hold, hold on.
0: <laughs> Did something else happen that I don't know about? Yeah. What happened?
1: <laughs> Spoiler, I think, I'm pretty sure Undisputed gets the belts back. They get them back, what,
0: like, <laughs> fucking Wednesday? Yeah. Wait, so is there still NXT this week, even though we had NXT UK today?
1: Undisputed got the belts back. I could tell you that.
0: So that was just a nice surprise for the UK crowd, and then they got them back I get, before they left? I
1: get alerts from my WWE app, Garrett, and these apps give me spoilers. And the spoiler I got the other night was that NXT got the tag titles back. or the, Sorry, the Undisputed got the tag titles back.
0: Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's disappointing. I really like Mustache Mountain. And I did see, though, that WWE put a trademark on British Strong Style.
1: Well, that was smart because so, they're probably going to be plugging the shit out of that in the next few years.
0: So I guess they, uh, you know, they own those words now. That'll be nice for everyone else in the UK. Yeah. Um, I was super excited, though, to see Tony Storm on there. I love Tony Storm. I'm really excited that she signed a deal similar to Pete Dunne where, you know, she's going to get to keep doing progress but then pop over to WWE now and then. And it would be cool to see her get a belt and, you know, be a dominant badass lady over there and... You know, when I saw Mustache Mountain win those belts, I thought, okay, maybe Tony Storm can take Shayna. No. No.
1: I do think it's um, cool because of, like, the UK tournament, because of the stuff with NXT, they are letting guys work with other promotions a little bit while still doing stuff for WWE. Like, they're not making them commit to, you know, such a small segment of their company. And then taking away opportunities from him. I think it's cool. Like like Kenny Omega said, I think it's like a working relationship between New Japan and WWE would be outstanding if they could work that out.
0: And as he says that, uh, they end up signing a working relationship with Noah over in Japan. So now they're sharing Kenta or um, shit. What's Kenta's name on NXT or WWE? Tore his arm. He's been gone forever. Then he came back. Hasn't done shit.
1: Hideo Itami? Hideo Itami.
0: So now he's going to be going back and forth between Noah and NXT, I guess. Or he's not on the main roster, is he? Or is he on 205 Live? Where the fuck is he?
1: I thought he was on 205 Live.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. Where in the world is Kenta?
1: I'm literally on my phone right now trying to find the stuff about Undisputed Era, but because it was a spoiler that I don't like. Yep. Four days ago breaking Undisputed Era win back NXT Tag Team Championships in one of the greatest tag team matches I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Thank is that Twitter. at full
1: sale? Uh, I, think that was in, I think that was in England.
0: That's weird to give it to him and take them away. Like That almost makes it like they were doing a couple house shows, so they're like, it's cool if we drop it because they'll leave with it. And it's like it never That's happened. That's kind of what
1: it feels like, but it gave the crowd a thrill.
0: I was surprised, though, during that match how split the crowd was. I figured it would be 100% towards Mustache Mountain, but it was really a 50-50 split between the two.
1: Well, you're an idiot because you were just in attendance for NXT TakeOver and you saw how over Undisputed Era is. Yeah, but it was just, you know, the hometown boys
0: that, you know, I would have thought, especially (laughs) since they're such baby faces.
1: Undisputed Era
0: is the shit, man. It's crazy. I was not expecting to see that many children wearing Undisputed Era shirts.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the thing, is that, like... I don't know. Like, uh, they're they're the new hot stable. Can you name a stable in WWE that's more over than they are? All of it. B-team. Nah, tag team. It's not a stable.
0: Uh, Does Rhino and Slater count?
1: That's a tag team, not a stable. It's a
0: stable if you count all of his kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You did it. Got you there. That's a good joke. Hey, you you know what? I think
0: it's time to get out of here. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Come back again next Thursday. We come on every Thursday. Follow us on Twitter at Hangout. Follow us on Instagram at Predetermined Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Hangout. And you know what? Tell us what you want us to talk about. If you've got some matches that you want us to discuss, I will be happy to do it. I want more matches like the ones that
1: Andrew gave me because those were fucking awesome. I'd be willing to watch those all day long. Hit us up with weird matches. We're into that shit. And just like I said, check the social media stuff, guys. We do, uh, we do some fun stuff on there. We've been doing some fun things on Twitter. Been having people submit uh, you know their favorite mic workers, their favorite wrestlers, all that kind of stuff. So
0: Basically, we're starting conversations over there. If you're bored during the day and you can figure out how to get on your phone during work hours and just chat with us about wrestling, we're doing do it, too. It. We're both texting you from work.
1: Do it. Hey, Garrett. Yes, Derek. There's a line that we say at the end of this show every time.
0: And that line is
1: hit our goddamn music.